I think the important part is to embrace the mess that you're in or the testing that you feel. It's not for nothing. The story is proof of that, that it's not for nothing. Um, and it's necessary to produce the message, testimony, and triumph that God is writing in you. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. Hey guys, it's Brooke and Adam, and we are back for another episode of The Unseen Story. Thank you for joining us today. everybody. If you are in a marriage that is struggling, we want you to know that there is always hope. And I think Nikki and Steven's story is the perfect example of that. When we are able to hand our hurts over to the Lord, He does miraculous work with them. So you're in for a treat today. You are listening to Stephen and Nikki's story, Holding On. Uh, my name is Stephen. And I'm Nikki. Uh, we have two boys, uh, Hudson, who is four. He'll be five next month. And then Haddix is two. So a little bit about myself. I grew up in uh, the Dallas area. I uh, grew up in a divorce home. Uh, my uh, parents divorced when I was about three. Uh, my dad was a police officer. Uh, my mom worked for the sheriff's department. Um, lived with my mom up until about sixth grade. My mom started drinking a little bit. Uh, so my dad took custody of me and my sister. Um, so we moved uh, from what was a small town in the Dallas area to a, a big city, bigger city, um, which was quite of a, a culture shock for me just to see how many different kids at school. So I uh, began to try to fit in, try to do just just be liked i wanted that's the story of my life really uh people pleasing wanted to be liked uh, going to, to high school started smoking uh, marijuana um, in ninth grade um, and eventually started taking pills um, eventually started to do a lot of cocaine around my junior year going into my senior year um, i got arrested for burglary of a motor vehicle um, went to jail uh, for, for violating probation, um, spent two months in jail my senior year. Uh, while I was in jail, um, I remember from my jail cell, like it was yesterday, had kind of like a corner cell where I could see the TV from uh, my jail cell. And um, it was the evening time around 9 o'clock at night. There was a Billy Graham crusade on the TV. At the end of the message, there was an altar call. And, and I uh, responded to that altar call, and that's when I believe uh, I truly was saved in that moment. There was something different. Something had, God had met me there. Um, fast forward, I get out with uh, only a couple months left till I graduated high school. When I was about 19, started to use heroin from about 2005 to 2014. I was in and out of rehab um, around nine times. Yeah, my upbringing is a little different. My background's a little different than Stephen's. Uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was about a year old. My dad owned a bar, didn't have a whole lot to do with us growing up. My mom um, started to drink a little bit, so my grandparents 
decided they wanted us to move in with them, give us a fresh start, new beginning. When we moved in with them, they had we were we went to church all the time. Going to church was not an option. And so um, I remember one Sunday, my sister walked down the aisle of this church to get saved. And I was like, I'm going to do that. I was 10 years old, so I followed her. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew this is what you do. So I, d- I did that when I was 10 years old. A couple years later, my older brother... Um, His house caught on fire in the middle of the night, and his girlfriend and two friends that were in the house with him, they made it out, and he didn't. Um, I was frustrated with God. I I learned later that that um, impacted my view of God and just believing that He can do things, but will He do things, and just sorting out the nature of God and was still involved with our youth ministry. We went to summer camp every summer. I rededicated my life to Jesus when I was 15. Um, And that's when I really believed and understood what Jesus did, like what his death on the cross meant for me. And so um, throughout high school, I just tried to pursue holiness. I loved Jesus. I went to college at a Christian university um, and spent most of my life just doing the right thing, um, trying to get trying to know more about Jesus, love God and love people. Um, and I remember there were nights where I was, I would pray for my husband and I remember praying that God would protect him, God, that God would set him free, that God would draw near to him, that he would exalt him. And I remember it's crazy. I literally in my Bible in Acts where it talks about Stephen being full of the Holy Spirit. I remember circling that passage and saying, Stephen is my Bible boy crush, even in college. And I remember thinking, what if my husband's named Stephen? And I remember telling God I wanted a Saul to Paul husband. What that meant to me was um, in this day that it's someone who had tried everything the world had to offer and had decided Jesus was better. I also didn't tell God that I wanted him as Paul because when I met Stephen, I think he was like on his road to Damascus instead of the Paul. Um, but also that I didn't realize the ramifications that would come with, you know, like if a guy had really tried all the world has to offer, that's going to come with some baggage. And that's not going to be very easy on me as a wife. I didn't realize that. So I prayed and God was so faithful to deliver exactly what I prayed for. And so, um, um, I, I had never had a meaningful relationship with another female uh, my entire life. And so I just wanted to help her. You know, I knew that wasn't going to be the, the fix-all, that this girl's going to come just swoop me up, but I just would like a, a godly girl. So I prayed, and I just asked God to, if he would send me a woman into my life to um, just help me. I had seen evidence of God answering specific prayers, so I prayed uh, for a girl with long, dark hair, um, a girl that was saving herself for marriage, a girl um, that had been to college, that had a good job, and that really most of all just loved Jesus with all of her heart. In April of 2014 of that same year, um, God, through some some divine circumstances, allowed me to uh, start interning at a church, got out of um, the recovery program I was in, recovery um, house, and uh, the pastor of that church sent me and the youth pastor to a young adult volleyball event. Uh, We went up, and because I... Uh, just like talking to people. Um, I saw this girl that was standing off to the side, kind of away from everybody. I struck up a conversation with her by telling her that I liked her sunglasses. And from that conversation, uh, we began to play volleyball all night long. It was later on in the evening, about halfway through the night, uh, God told me that that this was going to be my wife, that this is the exact girl that I pray for. And she checked every single box of the characteristics that um, I had 
prayed for a couple months earlier. I actually, the next morning, was getting on a plane to go to England to um, see a friend that was a missionary there. And I woke up and had a friend request from Stephen Lane. I was like, wow, I think that's that guy from last night. And then he Facebook messaged me, wanted to hang out again. So when I got back from England, we went on our first date. About six weeks later, he asked me to be his girlfriend. Um, And it was just like a a fun little thing. I remember thinking when I first met him, like I was so excited to be with a guy who didn't need me. You know, that he had gotten sober and didn't need me. He was sober all on his own and was doing well, um, interning at a church. And then in September of that year, his, his uncle unexpectedly passed away. Yeah, so my mom's twin brother, my uncle was super close with, passed away unexpectedly over the weekend, uh, left work. I even worked with him, uh, lived with him um, for the last couple of years before I had gone to rehab. Again, the story of Stephen's life is always just one more. I uh, thought I could just take a couple pills uh, one night. Uh, no one would know about it. I'd take them that night and uh, wake up the next day. We'd forget all about it. Uh, but there's something shifts in my brain when it comes to drugs um, and alcohol, uh, and I become obsessed with wanting wanting to get high again. So it turned into a full-blown um, heroin addiction. I confronted Stephen at one point, and um, the Holy Spirit had just began, began to show me red flags um, of things that were, seemed off. Uh, looking back, I see how naive I was at that just of what could be going on right before my eyes, and I have no, I had no idea. Got involved in a recovery ministry, met with a couple people um, to just kind of help Stephen get sober and stay sober. And even though I thought he had weeks or a couple months of sobriety, I would find out that he had used again and again and again. And so fast forward to February of that next year, uh, about 10 months after we had originally met, Nikki met me at one of these recovery ministries. Um, one night and, and basically told me that she didn't want to be my girlfriend anymore. I was not the person that she had originally um, thought I was. And um, and I, I tell people all the time, I don't know what happened that night, what shifted, uh, but something within my spirit and my inner man broke. And then so March 1st of 2015 is when I got clean and sober. Uh, and I've been clean and sober uh, from drugs and alcohol since March 1st of 2015. Um, praise the Lord. And mm-hmm. um, after that, uh, we a couple months later, um, asked her to marry me. A couple months later, we got married. Um, and then... Well, uh, it was actually like a year later. And so fast forward, 2019 was a, a rough year. March, our son, who was almost two, um, started having seizures where he would stop breathing. It happened three different times. And then we lost a baby. I broke my wrist. I mean, just crazy things that were taking place. And then later that year, we got pregnant again. In March of 2020, we had a rainbow baby. Haddix is his name. And if March 2020 doesn't ring a bell, that's when the world shut down. Woohoo! And so thankfully, we got to have a baby five days before the world shut down. I was so grateful. Stephen, um, because of where he works, he's an essential worker. And so he... Had to go to work every day, no matter what. Um, and I was at home with an almost three-year-old and a newborn. Um, 2020 was hard for everybody, right? Like, it wasn't just us. It was everybody. And so we were ready for 2021, just like the rest of the world. 2021. I remember um, towards the end of 2020, 
feeling so ready for 2021, for fresh, just new, a new year? What else could go wrong? Can it get any worse than the world shutting down? I don't, I don't think it can, you know, so let's get to a new year. At the end of 2020, when I'm praying for the new year, God said to me, what if it's not better? What if it's not? I'm like, what do you mean, God? What does, what does that mean? What's about to happen, you know? And um, he was reminding me that he has to be the source of my hope and my joy and my peace. It can't be in anything else. I didn't really know that anything else was going to happen. I just thought that was just a reminder for Nikki, you know? Like, I just need this reminder. <clears throat> so we get, into Jan- we get into January of 2021. My grandma, who um, what raised me, she passed away in January. And then February, everybody in Texas was preparing for one of the worst snowstorms ever. Little did I know we were about to walk through the biggest storm of our entire marriage. Yeah. So, um, life had been going well up to this point. Uh, yet 2019 was, was rough, was hard. Uh, but throughout my being sober, really for me speaking for me personally, since I got sober, I felt like the, the blessings of God were just, you know, good wife, good job, beautiful kids, uh, nice house. I mean, all by worldly standards, man, God was blessing me. It just felt like God's supernatural grace was on my life. And I know that I had done things over those years that I wasn't proud of, but, uh, because God was continuing to bless me, uh, that has to mean that that everything's okay, right? Like that has to mean that um, those little things that I kept secrets uh, were forgiven or, or I could just keep hidden. Uh, but little did I know that I was wrong on that. Um, that uh, I quickly learned that God's faithfulness is not dependent upon me. Um, that He's faithful even when I'm not, the Bible says. Really, I believe you can tell how healthy a person is by the amount of secrets that they keep. Uh, so based on that, I was an extremely sick person. Um, what Nikki didn't know uh, is that I was a happily married man at home, at church, um, around our friends, around our family. But uh, when I was by myself um, for the last uh, four years, five years of our marriage, I acted as if I was single. On the, one of the first nights of the, the winter storm, I began to confess what would be um, a week-long uh, confession of how I had been unfaithful to Nikki um, throughout our marriage and even before we got married. Um, I had physically cheated on her before we got married and then uh, had conversations uh, with the opposite sex on uh, way more times than I would like to um, think about. During that week, I was just broken. I was defeated. I was hurting, really just confused, to be honest. Uh, I was confused on how I had even gotten to this point. Throughout the entire time I was being unfaithful, there was always an immediate conviction, but it was always followed up by asking for forgiveness from the Lord and also what I thought was repentance. But for whatever reason, uh, the next day it would always um, just keep recurring. Um, I felt stuck. I felt um, somewhat in a rut, in a pit. I just couldn't get out. What I had prayed for initially when all this came out was that God would help me see Stephen the way he saw Stephen. Because when you hear this about someone, it's so easy to put a label on them. It's easy to be disgusted and angry and frustrated. And I really just wanted to see Stephen, how God saw him. And so I had a mentor that challenged me to fast and pray once a week. 
So we did that. And during one of those sessions, sessions, one of those days, um, God showed me that this was not a Stephen issue. It's a sin issue. And that was like, wow to me, because then that showed me that I could do this. You know, any, any of us are capable of doing this. It's not just Stephen. It's not just Stephen and all of his mess and his struggle. No, 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 no. I'm capable of this too. And that was so helpful. And I think God knew I needed that early on. So that was probably two weeks after all this came out. And God knew I needed that early on to, to press in and to keep going. Last thing, this is a process, right? I didn't know that. It's way easier if it's not. Like, you know, just be done overnight. Um, mil- miracles happen instantly. Healing is a process. And God showed me that through something really interesting. So stick with me, okay? When Hudson, our, he was six months old at the time, we were at the Arboretum. And what's important to know is I don't like bugs. I don't know that I'm afraid of them, but I just don't like them. Like I'd prefer not to be around them. Like if I had to choose, like if one comes flying, I'm going to probably run. That's what I've done my whole life. 20 years worth of running. Um, and so we're at the Arboretum. I'm pushing him in the stroller, having a happy day. And a bug comes. And so I think it was like a bee or a wasp in my defense. Like it's something that could hurt you. So the bug comes. So I run because that's what you're supposed to do. And I let the stroller go because I forgot that I have a son in the stroller. And the stroller rolls down a really steep hill. (laughs) That's not true. It wasn't steep. But it was a hill. And I ran and I fall. Like I get a hole in my pants. It was so embarrassing. Really embarrassing. (laughs) And so Stephen's like, what are you doing? You have a kid. I'm like, oh yeah, I have a kid, right? But for 20 years, I've just run when a bug comes. That's what I do, right? I didn't, I forgot. I I didn't know. I didn't, I just didn't know. I didn't know. And it's like, I had to retrain my brain. Like when the bug comes, like I have to stay because I'm the one that's supposed to protect them. And here's what that means. This is what God showed me is just like, I couldn't change overnight. That like my brain, like when a bug comes, like I literally have to think like, oh, I got to stay. Like I can't run. I, I didn't, I couldn't change that overnight. And same with Steven and myself. But in the, the way I viewed Steven and my ex- expectations of him was he's lived a certain way for 20 plus years. He's done certain things for 20 plus years. And so he... In his healing process, it is a process. And so he's not going to wake up one day and just stop doing X, Y, and Z because he's done this for 20 years. And it is a retraining of his brain, a rewiring of his brain that takes time. And so it was really cool because I think God showed me that way because he knows how I feel about bugs, like for real, like an extreme, like, oh, I don't want to be around them. And how much I I really did have to retrain my brain. And so now I can have a little more grace for Stephen in my expectations of him in this healing process. So one thing I I didn't touch on before, uh, during that first night, the first night, um, Nikki uh, decided to cuddle to me that night. And so uh, God, in that moment, just because I can't imagine. um, uh, Yeah, I just can't imagine having all of that. Um, sin against her and then she's the one initiating the love and the um, companionship and so that that showed me kind of how God um, sees me as that even in my mess even in my sin he still is pursuing even still wanting to be 
um, right up on me. So anyways, um, to sum all of this up, um, I don't think there's ever been a time in my life where there wasn't a secret, uh, some form of darkness inside of me. Uh, from seventh grade, first looking at pornography, trying to sneak that around to high school, um, stealing money out of my dad's wallet for cigarettes or stealing his cigarettes or um, trying to come home high, um, trying to get away with stealing after I had graduated high school. Um, again, drugs, even going into rehab, um, trying to sneak drugs in there, trying to sneak tobacco. Even when I got out of rehab the last time and met Nikki, trying to uh, hide dipping tobacco. Um, literally, there has not been a moment in my life um, for the the past, um, what, 20 years, really 25 years, uh, where there wasn't some form of darkness in me, uh, some form of something I was trying to hide until last February. Last February is when I finally found this supernatural peace, this supernatural um, something within me that was no longer hiding, no longer um, trying to get away with something. Um, and I, I can't explain um, the freedom that comes from, from that. Um, and so if, if we, um, I were to leave um, someone with anything, is that, that freedom is possible, mm -hmm. that there is hope, um, that... Uh, like Nikki said, that um, the healing is um, a process and that it is hard. Um, it's messy, it's dirty, but it's worth the fight uh, to become ultimately um, the free man that God has for me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you want to speak to the wife um, of anybody that could be um, struggling. I think one of my most favorite characteristics of God is that... Um, he legit, like for real, can make all things work together for your good. Like that verse that gets quoted so much, I think we forget the realness of that and how this is a sucky thing. The The confession, all the, the sin, like this is not how God intended for it to be. This is not how he wanted it to be. It wasn't supposed to be this way, but it is. And God doesn't just promise to make this work for Stephen's good, but for mine too. And the, I, I really believe that had I not had to walk through this, that I would not be as free as I am today. Another thing that God showed me that was so encouraging is that there has to be a mess before there can be a message. There has to be a test before there can be a testimony and there has to be a trial before there can be a triumph. So yeah, I think the important part is to embrace the mess that you're in or the testing that you feel. It's not for nothing. The story is proof of that, that it's not for nothing. Um, and it's necessary to produce the message, testimony, and triumph that God is writing in you. I love that story of the stroller and the more I've thought about it as I was editing the story, the more it kind of resonates with me. How so? Well, one of the things when we 
think about people, we often see the sin and the behavior as the person. Mm. And I think, I think sin is a disease. I think sin is a mm. sickness. I think mm-hmm. sin is, um, is outside of us, but it infects us. Mm. You know, the, there's a uh, scripture that says sin is crouching at your door. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps us love people if we think about that there's uh, a lost coin, a lost sheet, there's something of value that has been infected with sin. Um, that helps us reach for that thing of value to try and pull it out of that. And so when I hear Nikki tell that story, I see the sin as the 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 bug um, that she you know she hates and runs from. And but what I see Nikki doing spiritually, so in the natural she runs from the bug, but spiritually it uh, Nikki holds on. Mm. So she held on to Stephen. Mm. And she saw Stephen for who Stephen was. She didn't see Stephen as the bug, something to be afraid of, and something that can cause you pain and did cause her pain. Yeah. Sin inflicts pain. But she saw Stephen for the what she prayed for, which was she prayed that she would see him the way God sees him. Mm-hmm. She prayed for a Saul to Paul. Mm. And she held on and saw God transform the Saul into a Paul. Yeah, right before her very eyes. And he didn't just transform Stephen. He transformed Nikki in the process, and I think that is real cool. I think the really cool part about the story is when we initially wanted to get Stephen's story, it was just for Stephen. And then audio difficulties, et cetera, uh, just prevented us from getting that story. And then um, about a year later, Nikki calls me and says, I'm ready. We're ready. And we chatted on the phone for about an hour. And, um, you know, Nikki shared with me that um, as she has walked this journey with Stephen and been his cheerleader when he shares his testimony and so many people are so encouraged by it, she often feels like, what about me? The, the forgotten spouse that has lived through or the forgotten parent that has lived through the prodigal, um, the person that is crushed all along the way and also has to do the encouraging and supporting and all of that. And I just think that this story is so powerful in that because I think Nikki has been impacted by God just as much as Stephen has. Um, and you get to see when they both share their story together, you get to see how God really uses iron to sharpen iron and it's a painful process, but the end result is something really beautiful. And, uh, I just think this story really speaks to the person that kind of seems forgotten in the midst of the hardship. It's interesting that they both, what they prayed for, they got. Oh, man, yeah. And he <laughs> wanted a helpmate, and he got one. You know, he got a really good one. A really great helpmate, the perfect helpmate for him. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think they're set up for for ministry. Amen. Uh, so we just thank them for sharing. And, uh, yeah, and stay tuned, because clearly Nikki and Stephen aren't going anywhere. They're 
God's got something big for them. All right. Let me guess. Thanks for listening. Oh, and P.S. I, too, hate bugs. (laughs) We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.